Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, we're recording? Yep. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Recording this the day after the Leafs defeated the New York Islanders 5-2 to two in a pretty obscure game. We'll get into that, the Jets game, and the sleepy Montreal Canadiens game that happened over the weekend, as well as trade targets today. Been studying some of the guys that could be available at the deadline. As always, joined by Josh and Jason. Yes, sir. Yep. What a time. Good good time so far. How's it going? Good? Very well. Good. All right. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. Let's uh, start off with the games. Yeah, start off with the games and talk a bit about the goaltending situation. Sam's now starting three in a mm. row. Pretty pretty big, I think, to talk about. Line juggling that just happened and most then, recently and why this time we're a fan of it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get into trade targets last. So let's Stick get around. into this Island, Islanders game. Um, yeah. I missed the first period at first. Originally, when I watched the game last night, I saw the second and the third period. So I went to bed thinking the Leafs played amazing last night. I yeah. thought they played awesome. I went through that first period this morning. Oh my god, that was bad. Yeah, it was. The first period was brutal. Also, there was no, um, there was no whistle for I don't know how long. It was a really long time. Yeah, I heard. And, yeah, and they showed the amount of snow that was on the ice. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever seen that much snow on the ice. Like. In my duration of watching hockey, mm-hmm. the one they had one of those garbage bins that they used to take the snow off the ice. It was literally overflowing with snow. <laughs> the guy couldn't carry it off the ice. It was actually kind of funny. So it became like a very much Islander style game. Like they were like dumping it in, retrieving pucks. We try to break it out. We turn it over. They dump it back in. Like not that many grade A chance. I would say the goal that went in wasn't that nice. Mm-hmm. It kind of a shot caught Samson off a pie rebound, kind of snuck behind him. Then Anders Lee tapped it in. But yeah, it was a brutal period. Yeah, but then the second period we got some some fireworks in that one, and it started off with I don't even think they had switched the lines yet on that first goal from the Leafs. Yeah, they did. They uh, during that time I thought they got caught out on a long shift. Like Nylander got caught on a long shift. No, they did. They, they did, did switch them. They had they switched did. them yeah, at that point. Did, okay, yeah. so I'm fake news then. But a few beauties from William Nylander and John Tavares, and then Nylander with the fourth point, but John Tavares played awesome in that game. It gets lost because he just didn't get that one last point that Nylander did. So Nylander ended up with four points and the captain ended up with three, but those two exploded in the second period exploded. I thought it was quite funny that you're playing the New York Islanders. And what do you expect when you play the Islanders? Good goaltending, good defensive structure, the usual neutral zone clogged up all of that. You got to earn your ice. The neutral zone was wide open. We even saw a penalty shot. Michael Bunting got a penalty shot. I forgot about that. And, I mean, he his penalty shot was about on par with Alex Kerfoot, TJ Brody's. It was terrible. <laughs> it didn't The goalie didn't bite a single bit. And now that puts the Leafs at 0-5 on the season for penalty shots. Nylander, Brody, Kerfoot with two, and then now Michael Bunting. So... 
I thought it was quite crazy. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. There's just how many breakaways and how many rush opportunities the Leafs were getting on the Islanders there. And it, it ended up in a 5-2 game. It was, it was beautiful. But what did you guys think of the third period in that game? I think it was like a little slow. I don't know. It was like one of those... Game teams. out of hand. Yeah. It was garbage weird. time. Exactly. Okay. I think it, it felt like they were just going through the motions for the game to end. I think they, I think the team really wanted to win, though, for John. I think that was like a big, big thing that I, I saw, I guess. Um, Playing a former team. Yeah. Well, I mean, they just looked so excited when he scored and them going up. I don't know. Such a dog, dog first period. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Not really too impressed with the Islanders. You were t- you were asking earlier, like, what are they going to do? It's like I don't know. They're like almost in. They looked not good. They're yeah. out of a playoff spot now. They're, I mean, I don't know. Everyone they're, just looks frustrated. They're exactly they're where we expected them to be like two years ago. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I was excited. For, I thought this season they're going to lock it down. Like yeah. Sorokin, it dropped. He was at a nine twenty four, but after mm-hmm. last game, he's at a nine twenty two right now. Yeah, and I believe he's below five hundred right now. He's 15, 16, and something. Can you pull up their power play? Oh, their New York Islanders power play. I'm Dobson sure wasn't playing bad. last night. I'm pretty sure it's like that's their even strength. They're doing their usual like play to almost like 50% mm-hmm. as usual. That's what they always do. Yeah. Play as low event as possible. Their five on five numbers are not bad. Their goalie's playing well. I think their special teams are like destroying them right now. Could be. I mean, the Leafs got a power play goal on them with we saw Morgan Riley back out there. Uh, I'll get into something. I'll I'll get into that point in a second here. But William ne- or no, he didn't draw that penalty. The w- Nylander line drew that penalty that then they scored on right after. Just to put an exclamation mark on how how well that line played together in that second period. Because again, the third period was garbage time. The first period was garbage. Second period they exploded. Third period was garbage time. Quick, quickly about the Islanders though. Yeah, um, they are. Second last in goals four per 60 on the power play. So not scoring at all on the power play. Yep. I think that's and just turfing them. Yeah. Yeah. They're like bottom six, seven in expected goals four. So yeah, something about coaches that Lines replace up. Barry Trotz. Yeah. It's brutal because, you know, they really don't have actually Elliot Friedman said this. So I'm not even going to take credit for this. They don't have that many pure shooters on that team. They got guys who could score around mm-hmm. the net. They got guys who could transition the puck. Mm-hmm. How many guys do they have that can really score? And I think that's hurting them a lot right now. That's a good point because Kyle Palmieri is a is a, was net. a goal scorer. He's not, but he's an he was always an around the net guy, around though. the net exactly. Uh, like Barzell's like not much not a, a goal scorer. He's not, not a goal scorer. Scored right. twenty goals. No, he's you're right. He he doesn't he scored twenty two goals the puck once. a lot. He has yeah. a lot of points this year, but passed sure. the puck a lot. I swear, Brock Nelson scores a lot of their goals. Am I fake news on that? No, that's correct. He's probably their best goal scorer, like career average, like. 20, boy. 25 goal score. Yeah, 42 points in 49 games this year. Wow. Like yeah. Anders Lee scores goals. He's yeah. like, just like last night. He's always around the net. Around 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 that That's it's all he has. And it's not bad. It's like a great skill to have. But yeah. 38-year-old. But when your crazy. offense is so one-dimensional, you don't have those shooters like that. That's a great point. I didn't even – I didn't piece that together. It's just something to – Keep in the old roster construction notebook there. You need and again, you can only chip and chase back and forth so many times before you actually got to score. Yeah. Especially on the power play. Yeah. And you can't expect your goalies every single game to. Which they honestly stop. are saving them a majority of the time. They are. Yeah. They're both playing awesome. But, I mean, you need some goal. Like, <laughs> the goalie can't score the goals. Well, unless you're Shesterkin and you almost did it the other night. But, 
when you're the Islanders, you know. But that, how funny, a 922 save percentage, and he's 15, 16, and 4, Ilya Sorokin. Semyon Varlamov's 8, 5, and 1. <laughs> and the crazy thing is it's not like this team is like, they're all locked in, basically. None of their oh, forwards are free agents next year. A couple of them are the free agents in a year and a half, like two years from now. No, the only one that's a free agent next year is Zach Barisi, I believe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think their only Which, D that's a free agent. Uh, yeah, Scott Mayfield's their only defense. Yeah, free exactly. Agent. Which saw a nice uh, muffin up the middle from him last night. Yep. Not bad. How are you? But I wonder what they're going to do going into the deadline. I mean, do they have cap space? No, I assume no. I, I don't have to look, but the answer to that for every team right now is no. <laughs> Actually, they have one point five million, so parlay that into something. But they have, but it's probably not e- what they need. Yeah, they have one point five million. Like, do they go? If they're looking for a shot. Do they go and get uh, Martin Frick? I don't even know where he's playing. He's like an AHL player. I I was thinking the other way. Like, if they keep losing, are they going to deal some guys? That, that that's the other thing. I mean, because Scott Mayfield could return you a lot. He could. I mean, relative to his actual talent. Yeah. Not saying that he's not a good player, but he's not a flashy player. He's a guy, like no. you said, he clears the front of the net like Ben Sherrod, and that is valued to a lot of teams in the NHL. Clearly, mm-hmm. every year those guys get like paid for. Oh yeah, a lot of money, or a lot of assets. I mean, when you look at Florida, Florida paid for Ben Sherrod and to get him retained, obviously. But now they're not in a playoff spot, and that Ben Sherrod pick, which was unprotected, mind you is it could cost them a lot, right? So the net front clears are very valuable. He, like, Scott Mayfield is 6'6", very strong, and he whacks in front of the net. I did, I watched him a little bit because some people were, I saw someone exclaim on Twitter that they would give, they would be happy with the Leafs giving a first-round pick for Scott Mayfield last year. And I said, okay, I got to go take a look at this guy. It, it was just a big lumberjack. He can't, he struggles to pass the puck, struggles to move the puck up the ice, like somehow gets a decent amount of shots through from what I remember, but like his gap control wasn't that good because he's not that fast. Like, but in front of the net, he will literally assault the other team yeah. <laughs> and he'll, he'll make you pay. So yeah. that's all. That's really all there is to this game. I wonder if they deal Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck. They both don't make a lot. And like, I, we saw Ryan Reeves go for a fifth. So Earlier in the year, I wonder if a team like, like a younger team that maybe feels like they need to beef up their fourth line. Like I don't know, I'm just the first name just that for comes the cult, mind do is it the for Kings. the culture. Like, I don't know, yeah, because the Kings kind of are like a younger team. Or I don't even know, like how, the I don't Red know, Wings to try maybe to, the Red Wings, but they you know because they have both have term. Yeah. Those are expiring. Deals. Yeah, yeah, they have two years. But yeah. how much is uh, Cal Clutterbuck making? One seven five, not that bad. And it's you not can, terrible. Like I, I'm sure the Islanders wouldn't mind retaining like one. Like that's not that much. Well, cap if they're space. rebuilding and yeah. they're getting something for him, yeah, possibly. We'll see what they do. But in terms of last night's game, um, Ilya Samsonov, I thought, I mean, made the saves when he had to. Yeah. Let in two on thirty plus shots, I would say. So solid game from him. But other than that, I think like the Leafs just took advantage of every inch that the Islanders gave them in the second period. And that was it. <laughs> I mean, all you had to watch in this game was the second period. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. Thought overall it was all right. But, you know, that first period was concerning, to say the least. Yep. So, let's get into the Montreal game. Do we have to? Just briefly. That was. <laughs> you just hate to see it. Because they did it the same thing last year, too. Actually, last year they outplayed Montreal when they lost in Montreal. 
I don't. I think that was an OT game, or might not have even been an OT game. But they outplayed the Middle East consistently. But th- this game was just oh my! They didn't even start out very well. Number one, number two, they picked it up in the first period. You're up two nothing. It's Montreal. They're aiming to finish last this year. Not only that, they have a plethora of injured injuries. Slavkowski's injured. I believe Jake Evans is injured. Sean Monahan is injured. Jake Allen, I want to say, is injured. If not, he wasn't playing, so they had Sam Montembo in net. Um, on the back end... You missed a guy. Oh. Cole Caulfield? Cole Caulfield. <laughs> yeah, the only good player. <laughs> one of the <laughs> one of their like two notable forwards. I don't know how I glossed over that one. He's out for the season. You're playing against the Laval Rockets and you blow a 2-0 lead like that? You, they just fully went to sleep in the second period. It was it was terrible. One one thing I want to touch on, and I hate, I hate, I don't want to pick on this player, but Austin Matthews had a bad second period that game. He was really really bad, yeah. and he was the direct contributor on two of those the, the two goals against. It was lazy. He was. Yeah. It wasn't even laziness. It was just like maybe it was laziness. It was just his inability to like identify his man and sort properly. He. I was, think he does a good job of that. I think, so to me, in, it was just laziness. Yeah. So yeah. So I guess that's it. But yeah, in that particular wasn't instance, yeah, he just. And maybe that, that happens when you face a team that's yeah. 31st in the NHL. But uh, Against the Islanders, the Michael Bunting breakaway was a direct result of Austin Matthews yeah. net front, of the, front of the Leafs net, picking off a pass, sending it up the ice, and Michael Bunting went on a breakaway. Like He's done a very good job of, of playing in his own zone yeah. this year. Yeah. Last year, I thought like the numbers were because, okay, he has Mitch Marner on his line who takes yeah. care of good care of that. Also, like they had the puck a lot, so... Again, that's that'll help with your defensive numbers. But this year, I think he's just actually done a better... There's been less noticeable gaffes. In this game, against a not very good team, it was... They they, they stunk. Yeah. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, fair enough. I didn't get to watch the full game. I had to work that night. But from what I saw of the... Uh, just the, the I, luckily, the I didn't have to watch it live. I would have yeah. lost my mind. But yeah, it was just a frustrating game. It happens, though, in it's a long season. Yeah, yeah. forty-eight games, game, lull you to sleep against the thirty-first team. I swear, Boston's like to put it into perspective. I believe Boston is like zero one and one against the Ottawa Senators this year. It happens. Like, like it, it happens exactly. Also, like give credit to Montembeau. He actually played pretty well. He, he usually does against the Leafs. It makes no sense, but it, it's it goes back to like the Leafs how they played against him. I would say he's a big goalie. He moves decently. I would say, but like his reads aren't that great i would say he's getting better and better like his numbers from last year to this year have improved tremendously but he's a big goalie he was a project like had some tools to him big skates pretty well but again his reads and like just being able to get set to the puck i i think are below average we'll call it but montreal played a fantastic game in front of them they were able to shut down those second opportunities they were able to shut down the passing opportunities and I think it was Nylander got more than a few open looks from decent areas, but it was just one-dimensional, okay, the shot's coming from here. There's no passing option, so I'm going to come out, I'm going to challenge, and it's one-on-one Nylander versus Montembeau. And you know what? Credit to him. He came up big in those moments. However, the Leafs weren't able to like diversify their offense, I would say. Right? I agree. Also, like you said, some laziness in the defensive zone. Also, they got up 2 nothing. A little, I would say a little bit of nonchalantness like yes. throughout the lineup from the second yeah. period on. Agreed, 100%. Um, 
but yeah, that was that stinky game. Uh, let's close it out quickly by going through the Winnipeg game. Had some fireworks to end it. That was a fun game. Always is against Winnipeg. You know, always. I feel like the re, like you need Wayne Simmons in the lineup against Winnipeg. Like, or you need some nutcase that's that's willing to throw fists because Winnipeg just. I don't know what like are they a dirty team? Are they like Honestly, what? I feel like undisciplined is a better way to say it. Ooh, like I hate to be that guy, especially under especially under Paul Maurice. Wow, were they undisciplined? But um <laughs> no, like I don't know. Mark Shifley's just like one of the biggest maybe the biggest crybaby in, in NHL in the NHL right now. He's like complaining about every, every single thing that can happen is goes complaining about it. It's crazy. Like complaining yeah. to the ref two shifts after a play was called dead because someone took a puck to the face. Like what? <laughs> he complained two shifts after. Yeah, that? that was that was when he got into that like altercation with Bunting after Lilligan got hit in the fi- in the face. I don't know if it was two shifts after, but it felt like a couple minutes had passed yeah. by, and then he was talking to the ref again about it, and that's when Bunting got the clip of him saying some very nice things to Mark Shifley on the bench. Yeah. If you remember, he was saying, "Oh, hey, I like your hair. You look very good." To-. No, that's not. He was saying he was swearing at him, but nice wow commercial. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, they played well that game. They smoked him. Not really. Uh, did they? I thought so. And, uh, I thought Leafs smoked. Oh, them? Uh, I don't know. Not maybe not smoked, but like they, I think they played an it's it's an unsustainable style. But actually, no, they, not even the style. They, they didn't shut it down. Oh, they didn't reduce the options that they had. Ilya, they got some very good goaltending, and they uh, tri- amazing goaltending. That was very good goal. Yes, hundred percent. Like very very good goaltending, and they capitalized on their chances. I thought that was. I don't know if it was the best game that Samson has played as a Leaf, but one of the best games that he's played as a Leaf. Like, the one goal was a five-on-three. He had gone east-west so many times, he was out of position, let's just say it. Like, yeah. it wasn't the best shot. But that to be the only goal you give up mm-hmm. is pretty solid. Like, and I thought he played really, really well. I don't know what the final expected goals number against were. It was were. in the fours. So, yeah, he had a really good game. The only thing about Winnipeg... 37 saves. The West isn't good this year, let's just say it. Compared yeah. to the East, it's it's... Actually, mm-hmm. kind of crazy. I think Colorado will end up stepping up and make it look a lot better. But, like, let's go through this. Mark Shifley is shooting 23% this year. <laughs> He's a good shooter in his career. He's a clear yeah. 16% shooter. That's still That's significantly very high. high. Blake Wheeler is shooting 15.8%. Career 10% shooter. Mm-hmm. Pierre-Luc Dubois is shooting 15%. Career 13% shooter. Mm-hmm. Kyle Connor shooting 14%. He's a good shooter. I don't even know. He, that might be lower than what he's, he's shot in his career. So I'm not concerned about Connor. But those three, they're on a heater. Very similar to St. Louis last year. Like, these guys are just scoring a ton of goals. It's going to come down a bit. Like, I think if they were an East team, they'd be, like, struggling to make the playoffs. Like, same situation as kind of, like, Pittsburgh, Washington, Florida. Like, that's the tier yeah. they are. They look a lot better in the West. I'm not that impressed with the team. I... The guy I was impressed with at the game was Pierre-Luc Dubois. I thought he was pretty good. I thought he missed a lot of chances, too, especially yeah. when talking about, like, he's shooting 15%. But He was the cause of one of the goals against, though, too. Mm. Yes. He, was, he was gassed. He, he, yeah. Well, he not as bad gassed. as Shifley getting walked twice at his own blue line. But I don't know. What do you think about Winnipeg? Uh, we were talking about this last night. Like yeah. I can see, uh, for me, I, I can see where the improvements are. And I, I listened to a PDO cast. They were talking about uh, the emergence of Josh Morrissey. Yeah, what has changed the, with Josh that's Morris. a big difference for sure. He's playing a lot better this year. They changed up the pairings. I believe I don't know if they went back to it. I don't think they did, but 
they moved Josh Morrissey away from Neil Pionk. I think last year they were trying to say, oh, Josh Morrissey, great two-way player. He can play with a more offensive Neil Pionk. Wasn't the case. Josh Morrissey likes to jump up into the play. So they put him with uh, Dylan DeMello. Yeah. And that has been paying dividends. And then you have Brendan Dillon in there as well. So I think they, they jigged their their defensive pairings pretty well. Cole Perfetti's having a solid season for them as well. But again... They're riding some hot shooting. Their goaltending has been what it's been for the past like five years as well. Well, last year so. he only had a nine ten. That's a big difference too. Like I don't think yeah. this team is that much different than last year. I, I really think also don't. he's an emotional guy, and when they were just reeling, he was. It really cost and, them. Like you said it last night, you wouldn't be surprised if they won the West. Yeah, Not, and that has nothing to do with like how well they are, are playing or how good they are as a team, but like the combination of shooters and goalie. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's just the perfect combination of of the, the formula to make their way out of the West. Like, who's really dominating in the West right now? You just said it. No one really. Like, who's the best team in the West? I honestly can't. Even, Vegas. It's, maybe. it's tough to say. Yeah, maybe Vegas, but Vegas hasn't been playing that They've well been, down the stretch recently, yeah. right? So, it's a good I point. Mean, might be Dallas. Maybe Seattle. Like, oh, I don't know. they're also high, highest shooting percentage since the Leafs in the Randy Carlisle year. By yeah. the way, Seattle oh. right now. Since the wow, that's yeah. a that's a stat. Also. You know who their backup is in Winnipeg, right? Big save, Dave Riddick. Wow. His past five starts, 922 save percentage. Something in the water there. It's crazy because this is a guy that last year had an 886. They benched him in the playoffs, and then now he's got a 908. So really good to see that he's picking picking his game back up because it was a little bit of a tough run for him there, we'll call it. Like, so. do you think Winnipeg's a better team than Edmonton or Calgary? Oh, that's a good one because I like the rosters more in Edmonton and Calgary, but like Winnipeg's playing better. So I think that'll be a case of where Winnipeg catches up to if them. If you switch Hellebuck and Markstrom, would Calgary be in first place, honestly? Probably. Like, I yeah. Think so. Like, yeah. I don't know what the heck's wrong with Jacob Markstrom recently, but. Goalie makes a big difference. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially when the, they have all the confidence in the world, right? It, it's it's little things within the game too, though. Like if you on home ice, if you get a big save, you get that crowd momentum. Like it, it juices you a little bit. One hundred percent. So there's that. Yeah. So big uh, big win against the against the Jets. I really needed that because I I really had a I had a good content piece in the in the back of my head there. The the old Mark, Mark Shifley clip. Uh, hey, guys, is there anything better than beating the Leafs after they cheap-shotted a bunch of Leafs players? And um, they tear Rasmus Sandy? No, they injured Rasmus Sandy yes. in that game. Yes. And so Jason Spezza decided to try and murder Neil Pionk. Yeah. So and I needed then, that one. What's his name? Oh, yeah, Logan Stanley. Refused Logan to Stanley. fight Mar- refused to fight Simmons until there was like three referees in the way. Then he started trying to fight Simmons. He's only played seven games this year. Is He's he hurt. He got hurt twice. Oh, okay. He got hurt, had an injury, and then I think two games came back, had had another injury. He's been out since that. Makes sense. Makes sense. So that's the Winnipeg Jets for you. Yep. Uh, those are our thoughts on them. Those are the three games. So upcoming schedule, they've got the Rangers. The, a weird weekend. The Ottawa Senators on a Friday. Friday. And then they have a Sunday game. Which is the Friday, apparently the hottest ticket in town right now, which is kind of surprised It's so crazy expensive to to go to that game. Do you think it's because it's a Friday and the Leafs rarely play at home? This might be their only Friday home game this year. I'm not sure. One of maybe very few. 
I, I think so, but like, I I don't get it. I mean, it's more expensive than the average Saturday, uh, I think. Like, I I went to a Saturday game. It was the Leafs and uh, Sabers, and it's like I I would think those two are comparable, and it was not this expensive. I'll tell you that for free. So I think though, in general, you just reminded me of my point I had, uh, my little washroom break time at work point that I had in my head. I think people, the general public and even casual fans are starting and casual fans with a lot of money are starting to come back around with the Leafs that coupled with the fact that more offices downtown are forcing people to go into office are starting to drive up prices for leaf games because if you go all the way back to that flyers win that one after the california road trip those tickets were like 75 bucks the nashville game those tickets were like 60 now we took a look i took a look at some um some weekday games and the prices of those tickets, they're going up and they're starting to increase more and more. So I think the combination of people being forced to go back into work downtown, as well as general interest picking up in the lease, like after that off season, a lot of people threw in the towel, Matt Murray, and Ilya Samsonov. No, thanks. We did nothing to this roster. It's the same. No, thanks. Now, the Leafs are almost tops in the in the East, almost tops in the league. So I think the the casual fans starting, starting to come, to come around. back around on them. So Philosopher Joe coming in with the take. I agree. I think that makes total sense. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Anyways, let's get into the goalie situation. It's a never-ending topic. It seems like good, nope. bad, everything Probably. in between. Now we're talking about the in between. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. So, this past week was Ilya Samsonov's third time starting three games in a row. And actually Se- second playing time, Second in, time. Uh, are you I'm, sure about that? I'm pretty sure. No, it's it, it was his third. He's played two times in a row. No, I'm positive on this one. That was his third time this season playing three in a row. First time with Matt Murray being healthy. You can look that one up. Yeah. Am I, am I that, right? that that part is true. For this is yes. the first time he's done that well being healthy. Fourth game to played in a row as well, right? Wait, Did he play? This could be his fifth. I don't no, know. No, no, no. This this upcoming game will be his fourth if he starts against the Rangers. Yes. Yeah. But like games played in a row, he's played in five games in a row. Played in Detroit. Uh, played against Detroit in Detroit, Florida. He he was uh, he came in relief. Winnipeg, he started. Montreal, uh, he started. New York Islanders, he started. I see what you're saying. Yes, yes, because of the relief game. Yes, Sorry. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But it's his first game, first three-pack of starts in a row while Matt Murray's been healthy. Yes. Which has been interesting because usually they've switched it. No matter what it seems like, they've done every other game. But now Sheldon Keefe has come out and said, I'm going to start rewarding guys with ice time that have earned it after Matt Murray laid an egg against the Florida Panthers. So, it'll be they haven't announced the starter for the Rangers, I don't believe, right? Matt Murray's got his former team in town on Friday too. So, we'll see what happens there, but Samsonov, I'd say over the past 2 weeks we'll call it, has been the better goalie. Statistically, eye test wise, Matt Murray had a couple good games in there Nashville and there was one other one had two good games in a row. But then after that, he didn't play very well after that. So something to keep an eye on. Does Matt Murray start to earn his ice back? Is he able to gain his footing? Maybe the time off and the the 
lesser amount of starts, we'll call it, will help to get the energy levels back up and get his play back up as well. Something to keep an eye on. Maybe the competition, because it's weird with goaltending. Like, when you have centers and defensemen, competition is good. Whoever's playing better, get some more ice. You get the better players on the ice. With goaltending, competition could screw with your head. Could result in backfiring on you. Can I give what what I think? Yeah. I think they're trying to see which guy can run with it for the playoffs. Sure. Obviously. They don't want to go back and forth in the playoffs. Yeah. When they've given Matt Murray the chance to run with it, he's falling on his face every time. When they give him the back-to-back starts, like, it has not been good. Mm-hmm. Boston, oh. I, I thought he played no, he was poorly terrible. in terms of the goals he gave up were like yeah. deflating, low-danger goals. Made one or two good saves in the first period, but you're 100%. And right. then who got the next start? They was, let him try to redeem it against Florida. Yes. And he right. was effing brutal in that game. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I think they're thinking, look, like, if the, if we're splitting hairs and up to that point, one was 9-15, one was 9-17, very similar save percentage, they'd rather roll with the guy who maybe his form doesn't look as good, which I, we know Samson sometimes. gets <laughs> swimming. But, my God, I, they'd rather have a guy give him consistent goaltending without giving up those terrible goals. Mm-hmm. And I think they they're starting to see okay maybe Samsonov can actually run with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume he's gonna start again on Wednesday. Hmm. What do you guys think? I think that makes sense. That'd be the first time though, second time this season that we'd have a goalie start four games in a row. Because the other goalie to do that was Eric Schalgren. Yep. Because we had no other options. Yeah. <laughs> I also have another Galaxy Brain yep. take. Did they give Jay Wall a look at some point? I'd hope so. He's playing very well. I, I took a look at one of the games against Belleville, I think it was. Got to see uh, a good amount of uh, a good amount of tape on him there. He looks much better than last year. I really like his form. He's a big goaltender, but he moves very fluidly. His speed is pretty good too. Like I don't know what he did over that time he was injured. He's come back. He's been extremely hot, and I believe he's now an AHL All Star. He's played like. 12 games this year. I don't think he's lost one game. Wow. The only issue is if you call him up and then you want to send him back down. He needs waivers? Does he need waivers? I don't know. Someone someone check that. Oh, it'll say on cap friendly. Look that up. We should, uh, should know that, but who cares? I mean, I don't think he would. I'm just going to say that he will not. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. Okay. You know, this is his last year that he's waivers. Last exempt, year. Okay. So that's very Ooh. interesting. Because I was like, he's 24, so, 25. I don't know how old he is. But yeah. But the only thing oh, is. It, 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 he's waivers. I'd have him up already. Honestly, I would. Mm-hmm. After the All-Star break, I'd give him a shot. Really? Why not? Okay. Well, I don't know. That That is that is a bigger problem if you're thinking if he's playing for the team. How is that a problem? Uh, just because Load manage Matt Murray and then... Matt Murray on LTIR and you get someone good. How about okay. that? All right. We'll see. No, I, I would really like him to play games. The statement of you need him to. We'll see. The I don't thing think that you, I, re- I don't think you need him to. I think why wouldn't you take a look? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if you remember, remember Garrett Sparks. The year before he got called up and was given the backup job, and I say given because Curtis McElhinney wildly outplayed him in that preseason. He played horrible, it's Garrett Sparks. They, he didn't play an NHL game. I don't think he played. He started an NHL game that year that he won the goaltender of the year for the AHL. So 
do you want to give him a look? I mean, I, I think it would be helpful to give what? him a look, see what he looks like in the NHL game, because the NHL game is vastly different. Yep. The speed is different. How does he look around the screens? Is he able to make those reads at the same level in the AHL? But how does that help you now? What do you mean? Are you comfortable makes, with the Leafs goaltending situation right now? It no. gives you a better read so, on what you have for next year. Because next next yes. season, you have, Samsonov is an RFA, yes. and Matt Murray's making 4.6. Yes. You have to make a decision there. Absolutely. Are you going to be able to keep both of them? I don't know. And Joseph Wool? I, I don't know. I really don't know. What's the downside in calling him up? You don't get as good of a look for your actual goalies, and you don't get enough I think we've gotten a good sample size from our actual goalies. So, then, so you guys feel like our goalies just aren't good enough then? I don't no. think Matt Murray is good enough to play 27, 28 games in the Stanley Cup playoffs and win you a cup. No, I don't. I haven't, okay. That has not it's changed cool throughout off. the season. Okay. He's either been he's either run very hot or very cold. And here's season. here's all I'm saying. I, I I have not watched any of these goalies play for the Marlies. Mm-hmm. Keith Petrozelli started 13 games. He has a 901 save percentage. Yeah, Eric Schalgren started 10 games. He has an 870 save percentage yeah, in the that's AHL. Crazy. He Joseph Wall has a 925 save percentage. So it's not like oh he's another one of these goalies who's like playing on a good team, putting up good numbers. Like he's playing legitimately very well on what I can just like infer is not a great defensive Marley's no. team. And also when you look at Petrozelli's number, the reason it's at a nine Oh one is because he started off his first 10 starts or whatever. He had like a nine twenty, And then when wool came back, that's when he started to tumble and everyone's save percentages started to tumble. I think Dylan Ferguson's in there too, but I just don't, I don't think there's a downside in seeing like Dylan Ferguson, eight eighty eight save percentage. Nice. I don't see a downside. I just think it might create a negative impact on your two two goalies who are more likely to actually end up starting for you in the playoffs. That might be correct. That I, could happen. I, I mean, yeah. that that is true. And then, I mean, like, then you're really the goalies, then you're really screwed. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, but one of the goalies you you paid to take on. Yeah. <laughs> right. True. So that is something to keep an eye on too. So now you have to take a look at like who do they keep running with? If you get a bad game from Samsonov, like is Murray right back in the next one? Or sorry, not a bad start, a mid-tier start mm-hmm. from Samsonov. Does Murray come right back in? I think if they lose in regulation, Murray will go back in. Okay, yeah. And does does Samsonov start against the Rangers, and then they give Murray the Senator start, or do they not give him that start? So we'll see. We got a we got a little goaltending, uh, not controversy because it's like even from the beginning of the year we've been saying it's a coin flip. Like, yeah, whoever's playing better goes in the net. Like. Yeah. Both of these guys were kind of castaways, right? So not a controversy, but a competition going on with a third horse now in the race. I, th- I think so. I, I think so. I mean, I think, I think that there's going to be more. If Wall continues to play like this into February, into late February, into early March, I think the conversation will drum up more. Yeah, yeah fair enough. If they're going to bring him up, it should be for a weekend like this, uh, uh, three, for, three and four. Like where mm-hmm. they play three games in four days. I don't know how many more they have that in the schedule, but I think they they'll probably have. A or, it's, or I guess it's four. Was three and five? Sorry. Yeah, still yeah, they have you a break I mean? in the schedule coming up too. Yeah. with the All Star break too. So I just think it's it's worth a look. He's twenty four. He played well in the in the NHL four games last year. Well, okay, well he played fine, better than I expected. Yes, if he you had eight eighty the year before, and he had like a nine hundred save percentage at the NHL like, level. So yeah, it's getting to like the Esther get off the pot point with him in terms of are you going to keep him in the organization? Does he want a shot to maybe be a yeah. backup somewhere else or be a third goalie? Right now, he's technically not even the Leafs' third goalie. Right? Yeah. I know he was hurt earlier in the year, he was. but he was still. I think they he's were. earned that now, but yeah, I, I think it's something worth keeping an eye on. 
Yeah, he's knocking at the door for sure. And so. you want to reward that. Reward the good play, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or else what? what's that show to the rest of the guys? Yeah. So especially like college free agents coming in, like they see, oh, he, you, you kept Joseph Wool and he, he had a 930 save percentage in the AHL. You never gave him a look. Why would I come here? So, yeah. Anywho. Yeah. Something to keep an eye on with the goaltending. Shall we get into the other lineup changes that occurred today? Yeah, let's do it. So we now have Bunting, Matthews, Marner as a line together again. Yarn Croc Tavares, uh, William Nylander, third line going Bobby McMahon, David Kampf, and Pierre Engvall. Uh, fourth line, Alex Kerfoot, Pontus Holmberg, and Joey Anderson rounding out the four forward lines. Uh, the extras being Zach Aston Reese and Wayne Simmons. Defensive pairings being Riley Hole. Haven't seen that too often. The, I believe they went to that in the Islanders game. They did. They did. Yeah. Um, Mark Giordano, Timothy Lilgren, and then Rasmus Sandin and Jordy Ben with Connor Timmons being the scratch. He was, yeah, he didn't have the best game last Underwhelming. game. Underwhelming. So it's funny because he's run hot. And, he was running hot and then he got paired with Riley and hasn't looked very good since. Potentially ruined his career. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, but uh, <laughs> um, no, the, I, I I like to look at the forwards in this because, like, again, yeah. we've seen this a couple of times where McMahon is in in that third third line role, and we've seen other forwards kind of be promoted to that role. Uh, and it seems like the common guy to get dem- demoted, I'm doing air quotes, mm-hmm. to the fourth line is Alexander Kerfoot. Mm-hmm. So he again, was the fourth line center, and yep. they were abysmal. Yep. So. <laughs> So is that a sign of things to come? Is this them trying to see where, like, well, cause I mean, Robbie McMahon has looked solid. Yeah. Especially like, did he's you do that on purpose? Robbie McMahon? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bob, Rob. Yeah. It's, I don't know. So anyways, like as advertised, the straight line speed is there. I like his ability in the offensive or yeah. in for checking in the offensive zone, he doesn't really get himself the puck. Using his stick, like I, I, I like when players are able to create takeaways, create turnovers, all of that. He doesn't necessarily get himself the puck, but he's able to free up the puck, and and then that creates either an, another puck battle that you're able to compete, and then or it goes to his teammate. So I, I really like that aspect because it, it causes a disturbance when other teams are trying to break the puck out, and it really allows you to take advantage of other teams' defensemen that are, you know, they have that big lug on their team that's supposed to protect the front of the net. Now he's got the puck and he's trying to break it out. Well, you got big bad Bobby on him and, you know, causes a little bit of chaos. So I I agree with you. And I think it's funny if you compare him to Pontus Holmberg, okay? Pontus Holmberg has been getting a lot of praise, which is fair. He's played relatively well. He has 11 points in 29 games. Like he's been able to like pick up points. No problem. But as I talked about, he only has 18 shots in 29 games. (laughs) Bobby McMahon has 15 shots in six games. Ooh. Fun fun fact. Five, he has zero points, right? Zero points, five-game sample, but he's actually le- leading the, the Leafs in individual expected goals per 60. And this is why... That's a tiny sample. My much. point would, And I bet that disallowed goal didn't count. That was probably, right in front. Yeah, that would have been an that IG. Was, that's not even a shot. That would have been an expected <laughs> yeah. goal. Bump, My yeah. point is, this is why I wasn't... I don't want to say... Oh, I like Holmberg, but Holmberg is what we have already. Yeah. We have sure. like seven Holmbergs, honestly. Yeah. He, he's responsible in the right spot, can play it to a zero sum either way. He's not going to give up any big errors, but he's not going to score. 
I think Bobby McMahon can score. He can at least get shots for himself. Gets into that bumper position. And like you said, he finds the soft spots in the bumper position. And he's pretty like physical. It. Like, yeah. if you ask me which guy do I want to see more of, it's him. Yeah. And again, it's funny because he hasn't been rewarded with it. Zero points. It's kind of funny. And I looked at Holmberg. Like, you wouldn't notice him a whole game. It's like, oh, there's an assist. There's a goal. Like, just yeah. an interesting well, comparison. That's that's also a friendly reminder never to just rely on a guy's points because Nicholas Abe Kubel played six games for the Leafs and Bobby McCann played six games for the Leafs. McMahon. McMahon, sorry. Played six games for the Leafs. And just like the difference between like remembering back to what Nicholas Abe Kubel did is just completely night and day. It's like, yeah, it's just good, good to I mean, see from McMahon. I'm sure he'll get rewarded soon with a little bit of luck. Mm-hmm. But Because the other thing is I texted this to Joey today. If I had to set the odds, I'd put it at the Leafs over under getting one and a half forwards. Not even one. They're guaranteed going to trade for one forward. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost likely they trade for two forwards. Yeah. I really do. It, the guy doesn't have to play that much. It could be a Blackwell situation. Who we he, we brought him in unsure how much he'd play, and then he scored played, in the playoffs. Played he well. played every game basically. He played well for yeah. us, yeah. I, I think that's. A, I, I put it as more favored than not that they get mm-hmm. two forwards. So yeah. there's probably going to be a spot for only one of these guys rotating in and out of the lineup, depending if they trade out Kerfoot with Jason. Like that's a fantastic point about Kerfoot is. He's been the guy to be dropped to the fourth line, right? I thought it was because he could play center. <laughs> he's now, playing wing. Yeah. Now he's playing wing. That's not good. Tough break. But anyways, you mentioned Bobby McMahon physical. Look at the pythons in the latest Leafs oh, Instagram post. He's talking about his quads, by the way, because no one can see. And his biceps, too. Oh, look, what are those quads? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of big, leaning on the quad boy. action, you know, trying to you know, flex them out. Yeah, you know when you push, your, push the – the back of your triceps right. out, so you feel, look yeah. maybe, but no. anyways, also Joey uh, has met Bobby McMahon. Yeah, I met him. So we have a, I was, you know, uh, we root for him. I was not driving that night. I'll say yeah, that's that. fine. <laughs> but Seems yeah, it was like awesome. Before he got before he got called up, I met him. He was very nice, and yeah, yeah. So let's root for hard him. not to root for this guy. Hundred percent. Like as we've mentioned his career before, like AHL contract, Wichita Thunder. Then to the Marlies, Marlies rookie goal scoring record, signed an AHL extension, ripped that up because he got an NHL contract. And then Kyle Dubas gave him a little shout out at the end of the year. Hey, we want guys like Bobby McMahon pushing for lineup spots. And he, guess what? He, he's, he's pushing. He's pushing. He's also, chugging. At the very least, he needs to get a goal after he got screwed. Oh, like, on the dad's trip. I know. Oh, brutal. Brutal. But anyways, let's get into some... Trade targets, shall we? we even talk about whether we like the line? Like, we oh, like them, right? yeah, we, we, no. Our main point of bringing that up was, why do we like the lineup change this year versus last year? Jason. Well, because I, it's, it's funny because it happened literally around the same time as last year, but at least these guys have had a solid look with each other at these lines for a stretch period of time. When you mix up lines like this, and it's like a permanent thing, it's not just a blender situation where... Halfway through the the third the third period, we're getting different line combinations. You just get a different look. Like you kind of knew what to what, knew what to expect with uh, when Marner was playing with Tavares and Yarncook. He knew what to look for. But when he's playing with Matthews and Bunting, he's now getting like a different like different lanes are open, different players are in different positions, and he's spaces are opening up more for him. I don't know if that's like a galaxy brain thing, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, like it, it's actually well. like a new thing. When you jumble the lines every game, none of the pairings are new. Like there's no burst from the mm-hmm. from the lineup change. Like that's one thing I've noticed that Colorado and Tampa Bay do a lot. They change their lines, but they don't blender them mid game. Yeah. Like 
Kucherov plays maybe 20 games with Stamkos. Let then they move him off thing. that line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like you actually get an extended look at those yeah. lines. Instead of, okay, we're blending it with two minutes left in the second. And then now you got to, like, adjust your game plan mid-game. Like, yeah. I like that Keith did it. To, like, William Melander had a great game. But the first line in the first period, that was probably the worst performance they've had all year. Yeah. They had zero shot attempts for and 10 against against the Islanders. So what did Keith do? He changed it. And it worked. So what's he doing? He's staying with it. Like, simple is good when you have this many good players. And keeping it simple is, is smart. And the overall landscape of the Leafs is I'm so confident in the top six, mm-hmm. including Cal Yarncroc. Oh. I would keep him there. He sniped last night. What and a rip. What we talked about at, in free agency, we didn't know where he would play, but I remember we brought this up too. He can at least score a decent amount. His career 82 at game average is 16 goals, but he's done it for like eight years now. Mm-hmm. It's not a blip. And you can see the difference it makes I, with all due respect to Alex Kerfoot. He was pretty good in the top six last year, but in this 40 game sample size, like yarn has, it's actually been 25 games. Probably. Yeah. He's played better than anyone else has in the top six. Yeah. yeah. Kasha, Engvall, whoever. Even McKayev. Like, McKayev played better in the bottom set. Just don't don't try to do too much. Stand in front of the net. And, and put the puck will, in the net. Some, yeah. Either Mitch Marder or someone will put it. Like, even Connor Timmons will just put it straight on your stick but wide it, open. It sounds crazy, but it's actually a thing. Like, Kerfoot, unfortunately, just cannot score. Like, yeah. Be efficient with the puck and get it, get open, and someone will feed it to you. This right? is why Mike Hoffman will, like, wake up and get paid $4.5 every time he becomes a free agent because <laughs> he can score. It's true. I don't think he's scoring very much this year, no. is he? No, it's a tough situation in Montreal, but that's true. I mean, he I was surprised he got that contract from Montreal, but you're right. I mean, when you look at his numbers, like with Florida, 36 and then 29. St. Louis, 17 goals, a lot of them coming at the end of the year. In only then, 52 games as yeah, well. Yeah, in 52 games. So that's a big part I should have mentioned. But, yeah, it'll, we'll see what uh, what happens with him. But it's a very good point. Um yeah, the different looks and giving extended extended looks is what we're getting this year, and that's why it just has such a better vibe to it. Yeah. So now let's get into trade targets. All right. So I, I had an extended look, a very good look at some top six options. I think all of them are for are are uh, centers, and then throw Barbashev in there. Why not? Like I, because I. Cause I, I I have a discussion point with Josh regarding Barbashev. You said something about him. We'll start off with Ivan Barbashev, and then we'll get into the four, in the centers. You liked his forechecking ability. Mm-hmm. You did it. I wasn't a huge fan. From the game I saw, I don't know what it like, – he had three hits. He has 90 on the year. They felt like it, there was one that was a big hit, but it was like I, I saw a lot of peel-offs. Yeah, maybe. Like I didn't love the stick. The stick doesn't disrupt that that much. But what you're getting with Ivan Barbashev, and I really liked your point on this, it's like adding another Cali Yarncroc to your lineup, but add a little plus to it. Like he had 60, give him some credit. He had 60 points last year. Why? He's got some good speed to his game. Handles the puck decently, I would say, but his shot is fantastic too. He's got a really nice shot that he can make other teams pay. The numbers this year are less than ideal. But then again, Who's really playing incredibly on the St. Louis Blues? Like Jordan Cairo, Rob Thomas. Outside of them, I mean, you're seeing a lot of guys take a nosedive, right? The year after they set career highs. So is it a fluke? Is it 
whatever. I, I, I like Ivan Barbashev. I like the speed he brings. Again, speed. Um, in terms of what he brings to the lineup too, uh, his playmaking ability I thought was decent. I was surprised by that. Sometimes guys, they pick up assists. like They, they put up assists, but it's like a lot of it's not really them getting the puck from an outside scoring area and passing it into a good area for their teammate to then get a good shot on goal. A lot like a lot of guys like Cali Yarncroft, for example, I didn't think did that very well last year. A lot of his assists came from shooting the puck. And then after the shot on goal, rebound, tip, whatever, and it ends up in the back of the net. Barbashev actually has a good shot and he can pass the puck into high danger areas as well. So are you getting a sixty five point goal scorer? Not quite. I would temper your expectations on that a little bit. But you are getting a a good boost to your your offense. You're getting a good utility guy, we'll call it. Because he's played fourth line, played fourth line for a while with St. Louis, won a cup on the fourth line with St. Louis, and can play top six as well. The one concern I have, look at his playoff numbers. Not good. I've looked at Horrible. Yeah. Nine points in 52 games. So I wonder why there. Maybe it's away from the puck. I wasn't in love with what he does. He doesn't yeah. I wouldn't call him a good defensive player. That's no. the thing. But you have so enough of those guys. He, he's like okay defensively. Yeah. You would need to pair him with someone that would maybe make up for that. So well, One thing I'd want to say, though, is half of his games he did play when he was 21 yeah, he was in young. the playoffs. So maybe a little leash on that. But there is something to be said in the last three seasons he Last has three year, he points three points in two points games? in 12 games not good oh. i just it's still bad i just wanted to it, that make a moot point something, i guess uh, <laughs> but something to keep an eye on there i didn't I so didn't understand why so can i just yeah so i i have not watched that much st louis this year okay. this is based off previous year and whatever live games i've okay. watched this yeah. year and the numbers that i have which say that he is above 70th percentile in offensive zone loose puck retrievals dump in recovery rate Offensive zone contested loose puck retrievals, and he's in the top 90th percentile of like stick checks plus hits plus puck recoveries in the offensive zone. So I think part of that would be because of his speed, right? Yeah, well, that makes you a good yeah. four checker too, right? Okay, okay. So I'll I, have I to, mean, I'll have to watch and challenge Joe on mm-hmm. that one, but uh, that's so contested puck retrievals. You, he's the numbers are saying he's good. Uh, well, not I wouldn't want to say great in the top, yeah. Tw- Whatever that 25th is. 25th percent. Of the percentile. league. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Not, oh, it's not elite by any means, yeah. but there's a lot of bad guys who do it, guys who don't even do it at all. Mm-hmm. So, so I'll that's have to where, take a look. That's a, that's a good point to bring up, the, the micro stats like that, because when I'm watching, I only have the public stats, and I reference that based on what I see as well. And so it, it is good to reference those things because maybe I just caught a bad game. Like my, my thing with the eye test, it does reveal a lot of patterns about the player and goes deeper than the numbers. But I always go back to hearing about from a scout about Arthur Kaliev. Arthur Kaliev ended up in the second round that year. There was a scout that said, every time I watch this guy, he stinks. Put up 98 points that year. Every time I, he, that guy watched him, he stunk. Every time I watched him that year, I think I tuned into like eight games. He put up like two points a game. So that's where I'm going to have him top 10. And that guy's going to say, no, do not pick this guy in the first round. So... Where does the truth lie? I think for like scouting, I think they try to watch like 15 to 20 games. Yeah, they watch a lot more than what I do. But still, like that's an idea of how you try to take the variance out of it. Exactly. Exactly. But the other thing about St. Louis is like I almost want to go back and watch their first like 10 games. 
mm-hmm. before this downturn, like before oh. O'Reilly got hurt, before Tarasenko got hurt. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And just see if that you see anything different there. Yeah, I don't think Tarasenko was playing in the games, the game that I watched from these guys, especially because I watched Ryan O'Reilly as well. So that's where I got another idea of how St. Louis plays. But in terms of like the, the underlying numbers, like the defensive numbers for these guys on St. Louis are all going to be terrible. They run around like chickens with their head cut off. I've never seen anything like that. I was in the O'Reilly game. I watched. There was a play. The winger, I believe it was, who was it? Brandon Sod was down low. Ryan O'Reilly went down low to battle for the puck as well. Okay, Josh Levo was back at the point. That's the other line mate, Josh Levo. Most common line mates for for Ryan O'Reilly. Brandon Sod and Josh Levo. Nice. So Levo was covering the point, and then it was uh, Robert Bertuzzo and one other defenseman. So with two def- forwards down low, Bertuzzo decided to pinch. In a nothing play, should not have pinched at all. Okay, you have three guys down low, Levo covering. Okay, you have two guys back. It's all right, whatever. Josh Levo then pinched down low. They had four guys down low, and it was an easy three-on-one the other way. Off the most brain-dead, unnecessary play, nothing puck battle in the corner that two guys could have taken care of. They decided to throw four guys down low, and it ended up three-on-one the other way. It was just it was a disaster out there from watching it, but yeah, your your eyes are lighting up. You're well, looking at sorry, I just pulled up Josh Levo's uh, uh, chart for from mm-hmm. a while, and he's a 96 percentile defense forward, which doesn't make sense to me. And this season, yeah, which probably links to like Ryan O'Reilly's having a career worst year. So I wonder if maybe I always have like I believe that these uh, models don't do a, a good enough job of isolating. I, a lot of people say that they isol- they're supposed to isolate for individual players. I don't think they do a good enough job, and I think Levo's getting a lot when, of When I've gone back and looked at it, there's like off years where a guy will be like mm-hmm. 80th percentile, the 90th, and then they're randomly like, like Matthews this year, for example. Yeah. Like, is it his fault that his defensive numbers are worse? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Or maybe they're just attributing... The other one of that was Victor Hedman. Like, two years ago, his numbers were really bad. I know his numbers are bad this year. Whatever. Let's go back to before they played, like, 120 games mm-hmm. a year because they made the playoffs and made the cup final. His numbers were really bad in 2020, and Sergachev's were really good. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, it flipped. And Hedman's were really, like, amazing, 99-99. And Sergachev was, like, 50th percentile. Like, there's obviously a, an equal equalization point mm-hmm. there. You know what I mean? Same thing this year. Like, Eric Cernak's Udrow. numbers are down. Ooh. But Ian Cole's numbers are up, and they're playing together. So how does that? And yeah. Ian Cole is already good. So yeah. how does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Ian Cole is a good defensive defenseman. Look That's, at Johnny Goudreau last year, mid pack defensively, yeah, no. defensive metrics, whatever. And then this year he's like dead last. Yeah, because he was why. playing with two really good defensive players before. Exactly. So, but what is, what does that sound like to you, Barbashev? What are your thoughts? He uh, makes two point seven. I know how to. Okay, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna pluck Kerfoot out. Ideally, where do you in your mind does he play on that third line, third line. where like McMahon two is point, playing right now? Two point two five. So it'd be it. like a Barbashev, Camp, yeah. Engvall line. Yeah. That's what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. I don't hate that. That I makes like that. that makes sense in my head. I think right. I like that. And he's gonna be a UFA next year. So like, St. Louis could sweeten it and say we'll we'll retain whatever percent, and then put it puts him at like what two or less. That'd be crazy to add a guy like that for that little amount of money. Not a guy that I'd be like, this is our marquee ad, but would be a very nice thing to have. I, what if you get him and O'Reilly together? Oh. That'd be wild. What would the price be? Like, let's let's take O'Reilly out for a second. What would the price be just for be a barbershop? Would they be willing to do like a hockey trade for including Alexander Kerfoot and no, like not giving much Kerfoot's on the way back? Like, but 
Why would they want Alex Kerfoot? Just, they might, ju- I'm they just might. well. They, you're gonna. Here's the thing. You're gonna have to get rid of Kerfoot to get Ivan yeah, Barbashev. Right? But you're, you're gonna, gonna have, to, have to pay more to get rid of Kerfoot. It'll be like Zach Aston Reese last year. Why do you have to give up Kerfoot though? Because you don't have enough cap space to if get they retain a player. Hundred percent, they would. Okay, sure. Hmm. Okay, fine. Yeah, fair. But I know what you mean. If you want to get multiple guys, but then yeah, exactly. Maybe they want to do Engvall and add some defensive guys to their system because they don't have any defensive forwards in their. But Pierre Engvall is also UFA too. But then extending. I thought he's okay. an okay. RFA. He's no, UFA. he's a UFA. Wow. Yeah, we've had him that long. But Holy cow. so like a sign and trade with Engvall, maybe that would work. But I kind of doubt it. But when you look at the trade, like last year Raquel, for that to work, they had to the Penguins had to trade away Zach Aston Reese to a non-playoff team to make the money work. So. And I think they had to give up more to be able to get rid of him. So in terms of throwing in Kerfoot, like that could work for sure. But then you're going to have to give up plus, plus, like Fraser Minton and whoever else. I think at the point we're at the point, like you said, Jason, if he's playing fourth line, like Kerfoot gave you some value when he was second yeah. left wing, even if he wasn't good at it or he was third line center, at least he's playing. He's barely playing now. Yeah. It's like, well, especially yeah. if you have someone who's playing second left wing better than he was playing two years ago and, and making a million dollars, a million and a half less than he's making. It just, it's a no brainer to move on from him. But I know how to make the money work. Morgan Riley. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was thinking like, maybe, kidding. maybe they look at Connor Timmons game and say like, they like him. They, like, but that's not the only piece or maybe, yeah, maybe they look at Connor Timmons is an asset. He like, I would, would you define yeah. him as an, cause like we got him for nothing. Right. But like you said, if they want a hockey trade and be good again next year, like they maybe that's a guy they look at. Maybe, yeah. Maybe even a Holmberg. Like if you look at a guy, well, maybe they liked him. I doubt it. I'm just saying, like maybe they'll look at those guys over prospects. Why wouldn't why wouldn't Pontus Holmberg be like involved in like I I can definitely see Pontus Holmberg as an asset. I I I just I forgot it. Like what's worth more? Pontus Holmberg or like your B minus tier prospects. If I was an NHL, B minus tier prospect that's in junior still. Yeah, yeah. I would it, way rather take a shot at the guy who's like kind playing. of playing decent, even yeah. if he's just a fourth line center for you for two years cl- cost control. Like, because like, what is the ceiling of a B plus prospect? Right? Maybe like, maybe a top six, but probably not. Probably a bottom six yeah. player. And Pontus Holmberg is already that. It's like the meme of like, it's like, or oh, what? What could, we could get one? this, or oh. the mystery box that could be this. Like, yeah, exactly. So like, in St. Louis isn't an inter- interesting position because uh they're kind of a middling team and their cap hit right now i i I think they're over the cap but they're using ltir so you know a lot of guys locked up for a lot of money still like brandon sod is still got one two three more years left Braden shen's still got a million years left jordan kairu just signed he's got a million years left robert thomas signed for a lot of years left like they're, years, in an, years. They're, in, they're at an infliction point because oh, yeah. Tarasenko's up, Barbashev's up, Noel Chari, whatever, that's a depth guy. O'Reilly. And then oh, Ryan O'Reilly is the big one. They have Justin Falk for a long time, Tori Krug for a long time, Colton Pareko for a long time, Nick Letty for a long time, Jordan Bennington for a long time. So they have some guys still here. Some key pieces are going out. So now you need to bring some pieces back in. Yeah, and what do you do? Do you go out and sign more free agents? Like, I don't know if that's like you're going to be paying for that in two years, a year maybe even, or do you try to retool at this deadline, pick up some guys that could be players in a year or two, and then go from there? So that's why I think like in a Ryan O'Reilly should I think they'd be very interested in Nick Robertson. I, I if I was them, that's hmm. the guy I would be interested in. 
Wow. That's a good point. So why don't we get into Ryan O'Reilly now, then? All right. Let's get into that. Nico Mikola is getting paid $1.9 million a year. I think that's incredible because I really don't think he's very good. (laughs) But anyways, uh, Ryan O'Reilly. I had extensive notes on this. I I am a big fan of Ryan O'Reilly's game. I, I know what the numbers say this year, like points wise, goals wise, every he's not even shooting that bad of like his shooting percentage isn't that bad. He just doesn't shoot the puck much. I really like Ryan O'Reilly's game. Great stick. His ability to, to disrupt plays off the four check and in the defensive zone, I think is tremendous. Both ends of the ice, he's very good at disrupting the plays and being able to overturn possession. Um, I don't think his first stride isn't the quickest. However, I really, I, I don't think speed is an issue. I think he's able to catch guys, and I don't think it would really hamper him defensively. It's like similar, like last year, there was times where Tavares, you know, he was lacking that jump, and he would get beat by faster centers in the neutral zone, and it would result in scoring chances the other way. I don't really see that with Ryan O'Reilly. I think his speed is decent. It's solid, maybe a hair slow on the first stride, but again, two to three strides, he really does is able to pick up. His lateral skating is okay, too. He's not just the, the straight-line guy. I really like his his puck handling and his ability to dish the puck is really nice. Like, if you put him with a goal scorer, he's going to really put, put up some big, big points. Again, his shot's not bad. I, he just doesn't shoot very much, but he is a good cleanup guy in front of the net and a good bumper player on the power play, too. He's not playing power play as well, so that is going to attribute to his numbers going down, too. Um Good down-low player as well. Likes to play down-low, and I think he does have the speed, again, to make up for it defensively. But the one thing, I, I do think he could stand to cut to the middle in the neutral zone earlier. Uh, there was a lot of times he was either, he likes to dump the puck in more than I would like to see, or it was cross the blue line and then cut to the middle. I think he could generate a lot more offense by cutting to the middle earlier and then making plays from there, especially with his his vision and his... Uh, his passing ability, but kills penalties very well. Solid. Def- I think he's still so solid defensively. And again, like what I would describe with St. Louis's game, that's that's killing him. And look, look at the look at his line mates. Like Brandon a decent player, but like Josh Levo was on waivers, I believe, to start the year. Brandon Saad's pretty good. Like he's a solid player, but he can score too. But I don't know how yeah. much that helps. For, like. He's probably scored a lot playing with Ryan O'Reilly too. Like I don't know. I I oh, think he's, Ryan O'Reilly he's injured right now. He has six so no. assists. Yeah, he has one point, and it was against the Leafs in his last nine games. It's such a buy low, which I love. Like I don't know why should people be. don't see this, but well, should his the way that he's being talked about right now in the media and like his perception of the perception of people. Maybe this is just Twitter. I don't know if like again, maybe I'm just in an echo chamber, but like. Uh, the perception of him is just giving me like very big Taylor Hall vibes. When people were talking about Taylor Hall when Boston mm. traded for him, they got him for a second. He should not have been traded for a second. Like, it was other, like a second and a little bit. Second and a little right. bit more. But again, like getting a player of that caliber for a second, like he was mm-hmm. three years removed from winning the heart or maybe four years removed from winning the heart. No, I think three, right? Ryan O'Reilly, I think will also dictate where he goes. Yeah. So, so that's where Taylor Hall played into why he went for so low. Yeah. Well, uh, that's been disputed on yes. a couple shows. Bob, O'Reilly? Mike Bob Johnson's. McKinney. Mike Johnson said on overdrive that he would have come to Toronto. Oh, yeah. yeah Taylor Hall. That's right. Yeah. But, that. um, Sorry, Ryan O'Reilly, I agree. Yeah. I think a lot of the guys that are more veteran, they get to choose where they want to go for sure. Yeah. But yeah, that just goes like, I, I'm just trying to make the point of like, let's not overthink like these guys on playing, not on some, on, on some not good teams. Like mm-hmm. 
for one year. Oh, their J Fresh charts are down. Yeah, oh, they're they're garbage. They're washed. No, like, it's it's a good snapshot of what they are maybe right now this season. But like to think that they can improve, I think is an incredibly silly yeah. and, and silly thing to do. Also, it's very draining to play on a team that's bad. Absolutely, like it, it takes a toll on your play. We just talked about it with Co- Connor Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck yeah, last, last year, year. he was terrible. Yeah, and now this year, he's amazing. Like. Oh, players can players aren't like they don't go up in a straight line and then down in a straight. It's not a roller coaster. It's or I guess it is a roller coaster. It'll yeah. be up and down each year. There's it's not going to be linear. Yeah. It's going to be random as to what happens. But and I've seen the comparison. Oh, what about Nick Foligno? He was an older player. It's not the same at all. Can I, can it's I, not even close. Nick Foligno was below a point every other game, like for five seasons before we got. Also, him. Nick Foligno was good defensively in a way of like he was physical. He wasn't yeah. like. I want to put put this out there. For people who say Nick Foligno and Ryan O'Reilly are similar, you've never watched either of them play. Ryan O'Reilly in his career, in 975 games, has 142 penalty minutes. He is one of the most effective players in terms of being able to separate pucks from the other team's stick without taking a penalty. Nick Foligno has has had five individual seasons where he has had more penalty minutes than Ryan O'Reilly has in his uh, 975-game career. Think about that. So over 140 penalty minutes? He's had five seasons of that, Nick <laughs> Foligno. Nick Foligno was undisciplined. Nick Foligno was not at all even close to the... Even O'Reilly one step back offensively, his current year would have been like an average Nick <laughs> Foligno year. We're saying it's an extremely down year. Ryan O'Reilly is de- defensively responsible. Ryan O'Reilly plays center. It's not the same player at all. No. Ryan O'Reilly is also a little bit younger than Foligno was at the time as well. And Ryan O'Reilly... like Injury history. Your description of Ryan O'Reilly is exactly the player I would want in the playoffs. I know that sounds like a cliche. That is exactly the player that can help you succeed in the playoffs. And he has mm-hmm. been fantastic in the playoffs in his career. Exactly. 56 points. He won this award called the Con Smythe Trophy. So someone, Heard of it? When I was asking for suggestions of players to talk about, someone, they're like, I'm a stats guy. These are the stats on Ryan O'Reilly. Stanley Cups, one. Con Smythe, one. <laughs> Those are some good numbers. Right, that's not bad. Also, he's one. been voted for the Selkie... Every year. Every year. <laughs> He's nine, ten years in the top fifteen. He's been in the top five three years in a row. He yeah. won it um four years ago. Like I, I know people want to seem smart when they talk about him and like be forward thinking, but this is just one of those things that people are just galaxy braining themselves out of. It's like he's, he's a, a good, good he's player. a good player. He's, he's running a good cold player. Right now. <laughs> like, he's a good player. So he's running cold. We, Buy low. So we established we like him. We want him I on love, the team. I love him. Uh where would he Joe, fit? Joe did a great job describing. Absolutely, him too. thank you. Good breakdown. Where would he fit though? Where does he fit in this lineup? Does he? Not saying he doesn't fit. I'm just curious. Where would you would fit him? Do you I fit him, him second line, line third uh, line? I would put him third, third line, line center. center. The yeah. only problem is we don't have those finishers that you would want to That's, play with him. But I think maybe you add someone else. I think maybe a guy coming from college hockey that might bring some intensity could fit with him. Could. Because, okay, I don't think he needs to be your shutdown guy. I think when you have Camp, Engvall, and Aston Reese as a fourth line possible, and that line's just buried and just, like, being really effective at getting the puck mm-hmm. out because they have Engvall who can skate the puck out, mm-hmm. right? If that's your fourth line, O'Reilly doesn't have to be relied on on crazy defensive zone starts. So you could put a guy maybe like Matthew Nyes on his wing, that and could O'Reilly could carry some more defensive load for him. He's a guy who we know he can score goals, like – I think that's an interesting little pairing there. What would it work? Like this fits more with what I, I like that idea. And I think that works. That would make sense to me. But based off of what we've seen from the Leafs over the past five years with how they run their top six, 
I like. Would you be happy about Tavares like being pushed to the wing and having Tavares and Nylander? I don't. I don't in the line? Tavares has Does that make been sense or no? Almost a renaissance center. defensively this year as yeah. a center. So I think it's I think, almost a waste I if you do he's, that. He's adjusted his game in terms of being much better as a supporting player through the middle of the ice. Mm-hmm. A lot of that has to do with playing with Mitch Marner, as we know. But I, I think Tavares, I would keep him at center. Yeah. So would you? Okay, I guess what I'm saying then is, if so, if you you wouldn't have him on the second line, you would you keep the Tavares, Yarncrook, Nylander line together if you get a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, or would you look to get one of those guys who is really good at finishing off of John Tavares' line and onto uh, Ryan O'Reilly's line in this hypothetical? Scenario? I think. Well, I guess you can move Yarncrock. The only thing is, I think the third guy in that line has to be a bit of a tr- puck transporter for Ryan O'Reilly. It, whether it's Nyes or Yarncrock, like so would Engvall work there? He might. He, he might. could, yeah. Kerfoot also could some work good there. Velocity to his shot. So, I, I think there's a lot of combinations. Yeah. And like you just have an embarrassment of riches. A hundred percent. I just like to think about this stuff, and I think other yeah. people like to talk about it too. Yeah. No. No. A hundred percent. It's yeah. a, it's a very good point to bring. My up. main reason he would play centers. I think our fourth line center is pretty weak. Like, as much as you might like Pontus yeah. Holmberg, he's like, where does he rank in playoff like, fourth line? Where centers? would in terms of playoff centers like. David Kampf, I think, is about equivalent to Pierre Edward Belmar. Where does Pierre Edward Belmar yeah, he's play? Like fourth line center. Fourth line center. I think right. he's a little bit better than Pierre Edward Belmar. I think you're not giving him. I, I, I disagree. Like, I think Pierre is he, is he better than? Okay, is he better than Anthony Sorelli? <laughs> like, also, this is no. the second no. year in a row we were kind of versus Jason on Belmar. Yeah, Belmar's not bad. Last year we had this exact same conversation. Really? Yeah. I forgot. I don't remember that. Anyways, but any funny story about? Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, remember in the lockout year when he was deadlocked with Colorado for a contract and he went and played a couple games in the KHL and then Calgary tried to offer sheet him? Yes. And he did not accept, but if he did, he would have had to go on waivers to come back into the NHL. Like Mark Giordano said, he was like, no, the NHL wouldn't have allowed that to happen. I don't know about that. but That's crazy. That's That's a crazy story. Yeah. That would have been wild if it happened, but a very big overlook that happened there. But anywho, so that, those are our thoughts on Ryan O'Reilly. Like, still a very good player. Like, just running very cold right now, playing on a very down, we'll call it, yeah. St. Louis Blues yeah. and, team. And it, sorry, go ahead. No, the you ability go, you go. is there. And if you're looking at his numbers, there's a lot of indicators to say that he's getting quite unlucky this year. Yeah, and on top of that, if you're looking at Leafs history, we do like to make trades and make use of those trades, right? Last year, we got Giordano and we got Colin Blackwell. So maybe, 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 maybe we get both Ryan O'Reilly and our Ivan Barbashev yeah. in the same trade. Kill we got two birds with one stone. and we got Stefan Nosek. Oh, yeah. If they got O'Reilly and Barbashev at the deadline, That'd be the best deadline they've ever had. Ever in Leafs history. I mean, the well, big... other than when they got Brian Leach and Brian Leach. Owen that's Owen. what I was But like the last 15 years. Yeah. They got Owen Nolan in the same. Well, no, it was, um, was Owen Nolan 03 yeah, or 04? I, I can't remember. Anyways, that was a, those are two great ads. And then Nolan stayed and uh, thing retired. Leach retired. Yeah. No, Leach went and played Boston. Oh, he did? Yeah. Uh, after. And Owen Nolan didn't retire. Uh, didn't stay after the lockout like he took a year off because i don't think the Leafs wanted no, him he or played 0203 and then 0304 for the Leafs. yeah so he played two years yeah, that's what i mean he leach played. they traded for an 0304 yeah, so not the, but they yes. traded for someone else at that deadline um yeah you're you are correct i just can't remember who it is but anywho let's take a look at this other oh, ron francis that's ron francis for a third yes that was it that was that was a good depth ad 
That's what we're talking about here. That's a one for one. Oh my god! Yeah, just add two Hall of Famers randomly. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. All right, shall we get into a big fish in Bo Horvat, who's playing for the ever so confused, we'll call it Vancouver Canucks, who are a disaster right now. Bo Horvat. You guys have any things you like about him? You lead us off. You've been do- doing a great job leading okay. us off so far. Let's lead it. So, like right now, you got to address the elephant in the room. He's shoot. He's running hot, very, very hot right now. Career fourteen percent shooter. Last year, he was a sixteen percent shooter. Right now, he's shooting twenty two point four. Like that's coming down. We we know how hockey works. You run hot and then you run cold, and you don't know why. Seven point nine three goals above expected. This guy, his goal scoring ability is very translatable, transferable. It's, it's, it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's not going to run that, that hot and cold. I, I mean, what he's saying, what he's, maybe? what he's doing right now is, what's the word I am looking for? Consistent is a good one. Would you say it's like the high end of the spectrum though? It's not unsustainable. Yes, unsustainable. There we are. That's a word. I don't know why it took me so long to freaking get that one off. But with him, uh, it, like it's like a Joe Pavelski, backs up into the defenders, able to get leverage on the defenders, good positioning on the defenders. Point shot comes, nice high tip, or in front of the net, finish around the front of the net. His shot though is pretty decent too. When he's able to get some time and space with the puck, I really like how he goes backhand to forehand, and his stick has some very good lower whip. It looks like, and the shot comes off quick, and it's like a bullet going into the back of the net. There was, I think, a stretch of five goals in a row, I want to say, in December. All of them were tips. He scored five tip goals in a row. I couldn't believe when I was going through all the goals. I'm like, okay, there's a tip. There's another tip. There's another tip. I'm like, oh, my God. This guy's just tipping everything all over the place. So that's the good part about him. I, I really like the his ability to put the puck in the back of the net, even if it's off of someone else's shot. His playmaking is all right. Like 19 assists this year. Again, he's one of those guys the assists are going to come off of him sh- off of his shots that he gets. He's not too too much he's not really much of a playmaker. His speed is not is not bad. Defensive ability I thought was okay. It wasn't really uh, the other parts of his game weren't that noticeable I felt. Like it wasn't like oh great defensive defense great defensive uh center. Like it, it was all right. He was pretty good. Responsible in his own end. Um, the one thing that the numbers disagreed on, he did a couple things in this game with, in terms of shot blocking, where he almost played it like a goalie, where he was like shuffling along and following with the defender to prevent holes from being uh, opened up, and then he was able to make a couple blocks, but he doesn't have that many blocked shots on this year, so maybe it was just a one-off kind of thing. So with him, like takeaway ability is also decent. I don't think it's the to the ability of uh, Ryan O'Reilly, but it, it's not bad. So I think this guy would be a big add. The thing is, like, if you add and you pay all this money for or all these assets for Bo Horvat, like him, like you'd have to take off John Tavares on the power play, or because that's where he plays, or you go to five forwards. Like, are you going to pay all of this for Bo Horvat, extend him, whatever, and then, like, it, it's a goal scoring center. That, like, how is he going to slot in the third line? Is that really, really what you need? Like, two-way abilities, again, 
two-way ability is okay. Like, everything's okay. It's just the goal-scoring ability on him is fantastic. Yeah, and that's, I mean... A little golden touch. That's what we're looking for in the bottom six. But I see what you're what you're kind of like alluding to is like is that like too much to pay for that like fod? I'm and not saying will it be as effective yeah. as what you're going to pay if he's for not in on the, the power six. Play. So one thing I wanted to throw in there that I forgot to throw in with Ryan O'Reilly, our fourth like Pontus Holmberg and Kerfoot and all, all those guys who are taking faceoffs on the fourth line, they're at like a 47 percent or lower faceoff really? percentage. So adding in a center, I think might actually be pretty important. Ryan O'Reilly's not that great, but career very good, like around fifty five percent on the career. He's fifty three percent this year. One thing about Bo Horvat, Bo Horvat, not that great. Fifty three is still really good. Fifty three is really sorry. <laughs> I, I, Jason's just saying relative to the rest of his career, he was like the, the, the best in the in the league for yeah. like ten years. When you were saying not that good this year, I was like, okay, like forty nine, fifty three. Okay. All right, <laughs> but yeah, that's that would be second on our team in win percentage. But anyways, uh, uh, I was getting at Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat right now is thirteenth in the NHL adjusting for 500 minimum face-offs so what's his percentage of? he's at 56 percent. so he's really good at winning face-offs so that's something that the Leafs lost yeah. last year when they lost Jason Spezza yes. and the Colin Blackwell he won face-offs for them as, as well the right side right yes yeah, yeah. so um yeah adding a guy like Horvat like Ryan O'Reilly a centerman that can win face-offs I think is also an important factor that we need to keep in consideration last so, year Bo Horvat on the face-off that Fifty-seven percent. Great face-off man. I think that's. I think the Leafs do value that. I really th- they think do. they do. They do. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but going back to what you're talking about, what you're saying is like in that bottom six role. Like, I wonder, like, how, where would he play on the on the power play if he were to play on the power play? Would he be like where Bunting would, was playing on the five forward power play kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. The the thing is with Bo Horvat, with me, Carolina would be brain dead stupid to not to trade for this guy. In my opinion, I think you're prophetic with that because with patch you said it before patch came back now that, i think they were looking at him with patch coming yeah back. i think they would have tried to do something like maybe like you said they mm-hmm. we know vancouver wants a young player like the caught kenyemi idea that's it could work but i think now they are sniffing that one big time i'm gonna need to because patch done and it's like when you look at carolina all of their playoff or sorry last year's playoff loss like they didn't get the finishing touch in the playoffs, they outshoot everyone. They outplay everyone. They could never just get the finishing ability. What's Bo Horvat going to do? Exactly that. And also, like, who are your center? You have Jordan Stahl, great player. Okay, Sebastian Ajo, great player. Jordan Stahl is playing third third line center too. Your other centers are Kock and Yemi and uh, Paul Stasny. Like, that's not good enough. Yeah. Th- this is good enough. Just do it. I think it's good enough to win, but if you want to like really go for the cup, like you said, you you push one. Because to be one. fair to Kakanyemi, his defensive numbers are like fantastic. They're very good. This They're year. very good. Right. It's so, just... but you, like you said, Carolina, it's all it's almost like the Leafs bottom. They don't need another defensive guy at all. They have their entire team top to bottom plays very responsible defensively. They need a game breaker, a goal scorer. Like you're here. I think you're dead right. Scoring I think, those garbage goals and. I, I think they're up there. I think Seattle look like is a good. That makes sense. I think Boston's probably looking at Bo yep. Horvat too. Yeah, but because Krejci and Bergeron are up next year, what are you going to do? That that's a the good point. The other thing is, for whatever reason, tell me what you guys think of this. Vancouver's not letting anyone talk extension with Horvat before they trade for. Yeah, him. it's so stupid. Why would you do that? I have no idea. San Jose's letting teams talk with Timo Meyer. Chicago is supposedly going to let teams talk as well. I don't know what St. Louis is doing, but like, there's a lot of instances around the league where apparently they just started to let guys 
be available. So I, I, I think that's almost worsening it for Vancouver. I don't know. We can just call Vancouver one big malpractice and move on. But do you think the Leafs even have enough to get him? But not only that, is he a guy they're looking at? Because I think there's no chance they resign him. Yeah, like zero point no. zero. I, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say that is that I like like as a fit. He's fits with the Leafs, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like he's the type of player who will fit anywhere, but. I think there will just be too many teams in on him that will just end yeah. up being priced out. And I think the smart thing to do would not be to chase this kind of like we did with Nick Foligno and just kind of fold, let another team take on, take him on, let another team extend him, and go after someone else. Yeah, because I, I, I think I also heard New Jersey. Yeah, that could. I heard that on Thirty Two Thoughts, yeah. and they were like, "Oh, well, like think about it. I mean, Eric Hall is playing with Jack Hughes right now because they like th- Jack Hughes is a center to them." But they want Eric Hall there to help win draws, whatever. I mean, like, how does Horvat not just fit seamlessly into that Hall of position? I, I agree. So the one other sense. team we haven't mentioned, you know, Colorado's looking at centerman. You know, I, if they don't get one of Taves, Horvat, or O'Reilly, I'll be surprised. I think they're, I think they're looking at O'Reilly though. It just, I have no, no inside info. I just, a return, my guess, return to Colorado. Could be that could really be something there. But yeah, you guys don't think he's a Leaf candidate, really? No, not really. I think there's other guys who are probably better. Who? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a guy, like this is also a guy that's running extremely hot this year. Like sixty-one and eighty-two, fifty-three and sixty-nine, thirty-nine and fifty-six, fifty-two and seventy with thirty-one goals last year, and now forty-nine and sixty-nine. He's probably a 30-goal scorer, though. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, the, 30 last year. The other thing is Jonas Siegel brought <laughs> brought this up, that what would the ass be, like two first, Lilligren and a second? Like, the Leafs would never do that, and I think that's too much. Yeah. But I would not doubt that if they want young roster players, they're going to want one of Lilligren and, or yeah. Sandin for sure, plus your first this year. Oh, I think that's a non-starter for the no. Leafs. I, you cannot take those guys out of your current lineup. No, because then, then you're, you're taken away from the back, and it's like... Spent so long building up Logan. He's playing very well He's right now. I well. really like his defensive game. Oh man! But um, yeah, that's Bo Horvat. I think I think we na- we nailed it with that one. Like you it's nailed just, it. Thank you. And then Jason nailed the analysis. Yep. So let's move on. This is one. Like I think you could really buy low on this one, Sean Monahan. Hmm. It's just the injuries. Really you can't like I'll, I'll just say it off the back. The injuries. Oh my, injured last year, injury the year before. He's injured right now. Like it's unfortunate and it really sucks because he was a hell of a player. And guess what? This year, from what I saw, he looks not bad. Look at his takeaway numbers. Oh my! There was one season with Calgary. He had like a takeaway a game, which is extremely good. He still has a very good ability to get himself the puck. His speed, I thought he would be a lot slower. It's, it's okay. It's not bad. It's it's like around that O'Reilly kind of level. It's, it doesn't hurt him too, too much. He's a, like He's been a center his whole life. Like you can tell. In the defensive zone, he knows where to go. There was a play I sent you guys where the puck carrier was had the puck and he was coming up towards the middle of the zone. And, o, and Monaghan was taking the, the passing option. Josh Anderson stood there, ran into him, and then skated the other opposite way of the puck. I've never seen anything like that in my... And then the guy just walked in and had a wide-open chance. So, again, that's another guy. The numbers are not going to look that great. 
I think his line mates have been his most popular line mate has been Josh Anderson. His number his numbers are honestly not that bad though. Yeah. Seventeen points in twenty five games. Yeah. Like just raw numbers. Like that's not terrible. No, it's not. He's gotten a couple of couple of empty netters. He's a guy you think of as a finishing ability, but he's been passing the puck decently. I think he sees the ice very well. He's got like an okay two way game to him. A little bit of a scoring punch. Like that's a guy you could fit in fourth line. Going to be decent defensively. Add a little bit of a scoring punch to you, but like you can't give up more than a a conditional fourth or fifth. Yeah, I was going to say I wouldn't give up a second for him. No, the no, other no. issue he is can't be your big yeah, your big ad. That's a secondary my, ad. My issue is you're never getting him for that because you got to double retain him. His yeah. cap hits six point three seven five million. So what's the min you can get him at? Well, well to retain. Yeah, like sorry to cut you off, but we we see the price for a retaining salary. I assume it's going to be more now yeah. because like that's true. It's a lot more cap crunched than previous years. It was two fourths to retain. You had me excited. So retain. plus whatever you give to, him, I think he's probably a third and a third, two thirds, second and fourth. But would Montreal be willing to help? Yeah, pay to get that deal done as long as they're coming ah. out on top in draft, like. Like maybe they give an extra six or something along those lines so that the paint team doesn't have it's to pay be, as much. It's you know what I mean? It's going to be tough. Yeah. And he's a guy you probably got to move Kerfoot then if they, you oh, can't. Oh, for yeah. sure. But oh, then how much sure. of an upgrade is Sean Monaghan over Alex Kerfoot? Uh, the, I mean, that's the thing. And then he's you like have a more David, natural center, right? You have David Kampf and Sean Monaghan as your bottom two centers. Like, I think he is more of a natural. I think he is better than Kerfoot up the middle for sure. He fits as an ad if your big ad is a wink. Yeah. If your yeah. big ad is a wing, that's where he fits. If not, then he's, I don't think, like if your big ad is Ryan O'Reilly or Horvat, he would not, that yeah, would not fit. I, I, I agree yeah. there. Yeah. So that's where I, I think he, like it would be a nice secondary sort of ad at the deadline. It's just the salary's very high right now. I like he's patient with the puck. He's a pretty decent, he's a better passer than I expected. He's, he could, like the Goal scoring ability, I wonder if it's still there. I think he's only got four goals that are not on empty nets this year. One of them was against the Leafs. Like you can still see that quick little quick twitch in front, like in, in the scoring area, being able to get that puck up high. He's not physical at all, but like I like the I like the two way ability. I like the playmaking. I like the little bit of offensive upside to his game. Just that salary is that's what's really gonna hold teams back. And the injuries. So that's gonna those two things just completely might take him off the market totally. I'm curious to check him out. I'm going to watch him tonight probably if you think yeah. he's that good. Cause that, I think he's all right. Because I think Not that bad. sounds like a great like bottom six center. Yeah. Win face-offs, like you said, 55% this year. Yeah. Like long stick, takes pucks away. Like he's yeah. Again, just add. He's, if you can add, you add. And if he's not that expensive, mm-hmm. I, I'm for it. My yeah. one thing, when he was given space like up high in the zone, he didn't quite take advantage of it as i would have liked to have seen but you know he's good in front of the net still like just the injury issues i wonder how he's going to come back from this next injury it's like we'll see we'll see right so sean monahan better than i expected i liked him a lot more than i thought i would so that was him um do you guys think he gets moved uh yeah i do yeah just i wonder how much like I, this deadline how long is so he out curious. For? Uh, he's, he's skating right now, so a week or two, two is, weeks probably. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just if you, post All Star game. That's for a sure. guy like I know. I brought this team up already, but like Seattle should. That's what I was going to say. Like, they like, have the room; they could get him cheap. That's the team that you makes wanna, the most. You want to kind of. The Someone, problem with Seattle is 
they literally can barely get their own guys in the lineup. Like they, I know they're not like big names, but quick, quick aside, Seattle has like, that's what part of, I think that's part of why Vegas was so good for those first couple of years is like Dom recently put out a tweet and an article about how Seattle's bottom, like their roster compares against everyone else. Their top six isn't like anywhere near anyone else, but their bottom six, they have the best bottom six. And, and, And that's silly. And people might laugh at that, but like, like Ryan Donato is their 13th forward. Ryan Donato is probably like 11th, 12th, or sorry, 11th, 10th, 11th, 10th, maybe 9th forward on most That's teams. That's why so Eli then, Tolvanen wasn't playing because they couldn't take Daniel Sprong out because he wouldn't stop scoring and they couldn't take Ryan Donato out. He's on like a seven-game point. If That's actually to, something quite interesting. I forgot Donato was on that team. And when you look at Ryan Donato, Eli Tolvanen, and Daniel Sprong, what's the commonality between the three? They could score. Goal scoring ability. Yeah. And then that's what, and then that brings up the point, the article that you just re- referenced. The, if you get guys who can score in the bottom six, if you can just that even are, out those minutes at yeah. the top six, you're good. That's all you have to do is just have be a neutral, neutral in the defensive zone, and then you have that extra little kick. It's the inverse okay. of what we've been wanting to do, is right. Like we know our top six is going to win those minutes. We just need our bottom six to be neutral. They just do the inverse. Their top six, they just you guys even, and our bottom six will they'll score the bottom six for sure. Score here and there, yeah. kind of chip in. So okay. the the reason Tolvanen couldn't get in, their fourth line was Ryan Donato, Morgan Geeky, and Daniel Sprung. Morgan Geeky has been a very solid fourth Aries. line center for them. Yeah. Like they liked him in Carolina. And that that's why Tolvanen couldn't get in. Mm-hmm. And right now he's playing more because Schwartz and Burakovsky are both injured. Oh, okay. But if you look like Jason said, like they they have an amazing bottom six. Like, but then really, again, when you look at like isn't Monaghan kind of what they like in their bottom six there? Like Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So I'm just curious how this deadline's going to work with the cap space. Like, I really hope, like, there's so many teams that are capped out. I really hope either we just see a slew of guys go on LTIR until the playoffs start, or that, like, teams are willing to lower those prices to move. In my guys thought in the process team. is if you love this draft so much, you should be willing to take almost. Like whatever you can get, because yeah. use it to leverage and move up in the second round, move 100%. up in the first round. Like that's what these picks should be viewed at for teams that are tanking. Is yeah, leverage to move up and, and get guys. Chaos exactly. Is a exactly. Yeah. So last guy to uh, to close it off. Um, this was Jason's breakout player of the year candidate. To be fair, he's not. He's not doing too bad. I mean, the the issue is nobody on Columbus is scoring. He's yeah. playing with two pretty good line mates, but Jack Roslovich. I wonder what they do with him there. I'm not totally sold that they're going to – he's part of their plan. I mean, they got Cole Sillinger, who's having a rough year, but he's probably in their future plans. Um, they've got uh, Kent Johnson up the middle as well. He's going to be a big part of their future too. Um, I'm not sure who else they have. but Did you say matter. Boone Jenner? Boone Jenner. Is he, oh, he's their captain he's now. He's their captain. He makes $5 million. He's played honestly pretty well. Like, so He plays 20 minutes a night. There's another guy that is going to be so kind of squeezes out this guy Jack Roslovich. Um, for some reason his numbers aren't. Oh, there we are. Four, four goals, twenty-two assists, twenty-six points in forty-four games. Plays seventeen minutes a night. Yeah, plays with Goudreau and Line. A. So, I mean, the numbers aren't that impressive for who he's playing with, but he's run a little bit hot recently. I think he, before last night he had six points in five games, so six in his last six. That's not bad. The goals number is just crazy to me. He's down to a 5.6 shooting percentage, four goals. Last year, he had 22. Is it a, was last year an enigma? Is he actually, uh, from what I saw, I didn't really love the shot. Like, in terms of this guy, like, first off, I'll, I'll just spoil it. I don't think the Leafs should acquire this guy. 
There's not really much to his game that I could see him playing in the bottom six and being that that effective. Like maybe like I don't think he would be that cheap either, considering I don't know how many years he has left, but four million dollars. Two years at four. Two so. years at four. And he's a UFA after that, so Yeah. I I just don't see it. Like I, I on the penalty kill I just felt like he had no idea what he was doing. There was a play. It was a shark it was against the Sharks. It was a Sharks player and a Columbus player like were kind of run into each other and Eric Carlson had the puck and there was literally one lane for Eric Carlson to go and that was to the his left side, Eric Carlson's left side. And Jack Roslovic just did not recognize that at all and just stood where he was. Like it it looks like he's like, yeah, I'm in position to to block shots, but he gives the defender so much room that it's like, okay, why would I take this shot right now? I could just walk in and make a play from there. So penalty killing ability is not his strength at all, I would say. I thought it was almost comical watching it. I'm sorry. But I guess the playmaking ability is all right. Like he's a pretty skilled player. I just didn't see enough. Do you feel like it's kind of hard to find like an archetype? That, who is he? What's his role? Exactly. Yes. He reminds me of like Ryan Strom's career arc, honestly. Yeah. And I think he could maybe, if he ends up in the right spot, be like maybe, like, I don't know. He, if he doesn't play well with Goudreau and Liney, that's going to be like, really, like, what the heck? But that's a, like, he's a center, but he's not the driving force of whatever line he's on. He can pot in 20 goals. He doesn't have a great shot. He can transport the puck fine. He can pass the puck fine. But like, I would say no elite qualities per like se. Him versus Dylan Strom. I, like Dylan Strom's better goal scorer, and Dylan Strom's better at getting himself the puck. So it's Ross like, Levitt, like that's why I think him and Ryan like they're similar size. Like si- they're six one. They're not that big though. Like that's what I when I look at him, that's what it reminds me. It's a tweener. It's yeah. an awkward fit right now. He's I think like he's a, in the best position for himself right now. Yeah, and if he like like he's a guy. If you have to play him against the best players on other teams, he's going to get probably yeah. not play that well. So yeah, yeah, that's true. In terms of his like. Who's on who, like Montreal centers right now? Who's playing center for them? Like, Nick Suzuki. Yeah, obviously. It's uh, tough to think about those guys after that. <laughs> so that, that was I, I, I do not remember at all. Like I know. Okay, Suzuki Kirby Doc is playing second line center there, Kirby and Doc. Christian Dvorak. So no, I would have said that. What about the Rangers? It doesn't matter. Uh, no, he's they have uh, Vinny Trocheck, and he's going to stay in Columbus, and they're going to try to figure it out. I think. Yeah, but. Eventually, I can see a squeeze, uh, a squeeze happen, and he's the odd man out, right? I mean, it would make sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, why? Why would you? Not this season. Yeah. Why would you mortgage the the development of your assets, like the development of your young stars, for a twenty six year old who's going to be a UFA next year? Right. He's also just simply not playing. He's in bottom ten of expected gar in the entire league this year. It's been a rough year for him. It's crazy because he's like normally been a very like bad, a good analytics player, and sometimes doesn't like the numbers didn't translate right. But now this year, it's like like last year he was playing with better. He's playing with better players, and he's worse. Last year he played three less minutes per game, but he's had twenty two goals and twenty three assists. I know he shot sixteen percent, but even if okay, let's say he scored fifteen goals again, it's a solid little year he would have had. Yeah. And like we're saying, he's not. Oh, he's not playing well. He's not playing well. But like he's third on Columbus in points. But Boone Jenner is fourth, and Boone Jenner has played eight less games and has two less points. But it's like, it just it isn't enough. And it's kind yeah. of like it's like, oh, but he he's on a bad team. It's like okay, well, like, yeah, it's because he's playing seventeen minutes a night. Yeah, <laughs> he's sorry pro- to say. If he I'm continues really this le- level of play, obviously, he's an inefficient player at his cap hit. Yeah, 
probably no one's going to pay that much for that. Yeah. Yeah. And like just putting it in the context of the lease, how is he better than Alex Gershwood? Simply put, it wouldn't make sense for us to do that. I think it probably isn't. But especially when you look at the cap. It's yeah. 500K more? No, he's yeah. not. So. I don't see it at all. Not physical either. 24 hits in 44 games, which when you're looking at Columbus, ooh, does Columbus have an issue? You remember New Jersey last year, how you said too many players are one and the same? Like Columbus's hit totals going down from points. Johnny Goudreau, four hits. Patrick Line 18 and 32. Roslovich, 24. Boone Jenner, 63 and 36. That's a little better. Nyquist, 39. Kent Johnson, 11. And then Corrali, 116. This team does not hit at all, and they're not good. They're yeah, gonna have to. I, they're I gonna think, have to figure out. That I think mix. they're straight up not good. Like, yeah, yes, no, they're not. They're simply not good at all. So, um, like you said, like maybe they need to add some some different mix up front for sure. I think yeah. maybe they will eventually. But like yeah. New Jersey, like they did a good job of adding guys over the last couple of years, obviously, and mm-hmm. maybe Columbus can do the same. But yeah, yeah, New Jersey made the big free agency sign. They went out. They got Dougie Hamilton. They had. He's sure they had um, Jack Hughes, but then like they added Palat, who's hasn't really been a factor for them this year. But then they did the um, who's the guy John Marino. They Marino got they added Eric him. That was, Hala, and like Eric Halla, and there was one other defense. Well, they also there. traded for Siegenthaler as well. You want know, to Siegenthaler was a good trade in there. So Ryan Graves? Up. No, they always Ryan, Ryan Graves. Graves. Yeah, no, they oh, traded for him from Colorado. Yeah. So like they add they they made those shuffles. They saw what they had. They thought it was a good. Wasn't okay. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Remember when Miles Wood was like the hottest player in the league? He has one like physically goal. attractive. No, <laughs> like you remember, do you remember the start of the year when yes. they played the Leafs? He has one goal in his last thirty games. Wow. Regression hits us all. Yep, it does. We like to remind everyone of that. They hit New Jersey too, but they're pushing back. So good yeah, for them. It's good for them. But anyways, that was the list of players that I had prepared for this one. Cool. We're going to continue to do this because. Trade deadline's not until March, and, you know, like, it's one thing to do it this way and to actually, like, dig into these players and see what you got and, like, actually see what they're about and be able to talk about them more. And it's another thing to last minute and create a bullshit list and just talk about what we're looking at on Hockey Reference and whatever and pretty much regurgitate what you could just go online and look up as well. Yeah. And also, we can just do our own list right before that will just be way more in-depth because you already have looked at these guys. Exactly. That too. And so yeah. you, Especially, like, if somebody pops up, you can mm. compare them to the guys who've been on the list for a while. If somebody drops off the list, like, you know what I mean? Like, you can, yeah. when you start looking at guys early, it's, it's helpful. Or, for example, if the Leafs make a trade in February instead Ooh. of in March. Which they are prone to do. That too. And then watch, we go through all these players and they trade for a guy that we didn't talk about. Uh, it's going to happen. Yeah. If so, we'll, <laughs> gr- we'll grind it out. Yeah, it's I all know. good. I know. Um, but yeah, if you have any other any players, players you want to hear are, about, there are some other players some that um, we had suggested. Uh, I don't. I hope I'm not butchering, butchering the last name, but Stefan Schroeder, thanks for sending us that list of guys. He had guys like Christian Fisher on there, Nick Bugstad. Um, I think Max Domi was on there too. We talked about a few guys that he had on there as well. Some good names that I think uh, I, I do want to take a look at uh, in the coming weeks for sure. Yeah, shoot us DMs on players you want to hear on. This was kind of like a top six kind of centers yeah. edition. That's what we'll call it. Flashy names. Um, and yeah, if you have any other players, we'll if you, even if you have another top six that you want us to talk about, we'll talk about that as well. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Anything else? All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Go, let's go.